game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger Talk. Are you ready for the brand new thing? Let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vassay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's time for Dodgers Baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. By New Roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk. David Vesey. Start spreading the news. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They beat the Mets tonight 4-3 to in front of a capacity crowd at City Field tonight in front of 40,607 where they win their 90th game of the year. No other team in baseball has won 90 games yet and the Dodgers improve on baseball's best record, 90-38 and and their magic number now is to clinch the NL West is 14. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. You know, for no other reason, these games really don't mean that much one way or the other. And I feel like, at least to the Dodgers, the Mets are still trying to hold on to the NL East. The Braves are just three games behind them, and they're very fortunate that the Rockies beat the Braves again tonight or their lead would be two games. But from the Dodgers' side of things, I think it was pretty obvious to all of you that the Dodgers are about conserving their pitchers' workload more than winning games in August, at the end of August. And that's the reason why they optioned Phil Bickford before tonight's game and called up Heath Hembry. That's the reason why they got a start from Michael Grove yesterday and optioned him down today and called up Jake Reed. So you had Heath Embry be the winning pitcher tonight, and you had Jake Reed pick up his first career save. And Dave Roberts said after the game, Reed was going to either hold the win, save the win, or was going to lose the game for the Dodgers. And quite honestly, I felt like that should have been the strategy yesterday in Miami. What's the difference between tonight in New York and yesterday in Miami when you call upon Chris Martin to come in who's been having an arm that's been barking over the last week or so to come in and get the final two outs. I don't really understand the difference in thinking there. Maybe Andrew Friedman helped him recalibrate, um, but that's the mentality the Dodgers should have. At what cost are you trying to win a game that essentially is not going to change your destination at the end of this regular season? You are going to win the NL West, Uh, More chances than not, especially if you win this series, you're going to have the best record in the National League and maybe baseball and have home field advantage throughout the National League at the very least. So to me, this is the right play and evident that the Dodgers are prioritizing managing their pitchers' workloads more than trying to win a game in August or in September. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. And basically this game tonight is going to be what it comes down to in a playoff game between these two teams or between the Dodgers and Braves or Dodgers and Phillies. Pick a team. 
the middle relief, the middle innings of these games are going to be the pivotal innings to win or lose a playoff series. And tonight, Buck Showalter, when Dave Roberts had Will Smith come up as a pinch hitter in the DH spot to face the lefty Jolis Rodriguez, Buck Showalter with Freddie Freeman at third base opted to walk Will Smith with two outs and go lefty on lefty. The thing is, Gavin Lux does hit lefties. He's hitting respectable 290-something against lefties, and he didn't try to do too much. And with two outs, he beat a reliever that now has an ERA of 517. So, yes, everybody talks about Edwin Diaz, but what is it between DeGrom Scherzer and Diaz? What's in the middle there? And that seems to be the soft underbelly and the Achilles heel of the Mets. And that's a big problem. Now, in the postseason, more than likely, they're going to use Carlos Carrasco or one of their other starters to try to get outs from the fifth to the seventh inning. And then if they have a lead, you could be assured they're going to probably bring in Diaz, especially if it's against the Dodgers for a six-out save. But those middle innings, it's not an automatic, and you can't just throw them away. I know everybody loves to just look at the ninth inning, but those middle innings mean a lot as well, and usually those are the innings that the games are decided. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Kudos to the Dodgers who got into their hotel around 4 a.m. this morning in New York to be able to bounce back and feed off the adrenaline of a playoff atmosphere at City Field. You knew all those New Yorkers wanted every piece of blood from the Dodgers, and they were ready to explode tonight. And they did when Marte and Canna hit home runs, especially when Canna tied the game off of Andrew Heaney in the fourth inning. Uh, Now, that is the problem with Andrew Heaney, the home run ball. Last year, he gave up 29 home runs. In his last three starts, he's given up six home runs. And that's why when you ask me who is going to be the Dodgers starting pitchers in the postseason, I leave Heaney out of it. I feel like Heaney is going to be in the Dodger bullpen, but it's not going to be used unless there's an emergency, you're out of arms, a blowout game, or extra innings. That's the way I foresee the Dodgers using him. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers beat the Mets tonight 4-3 and lower their magic number to clinch the NLS to 14. Let's go out to the phones for the first time. Alan in Los Angeles, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Alan. Hey, Dave. How you doing, man? Feeling great, Alan. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, do you think that – Trace Thompson has solidified his spot on the playoff roster. It seems like every time he's on lineup, he produces. You know, I mean, I don't know how many operators they're gonna they're gonna keep, but if it comes down between him and uh, Gallo, they gotta choose Thompson. You know, he needs his ring too, just like his brother Clay and his dad Mike. You know, so I, I hope the Dodgers do the right thing and keep him. Allen, he's got a spot on the playoff roster. That's not the question. It's whether or not they're going to play him against righties instead of Chris Taylor which at this point, if Taylor doesn't get it going, they should. Let's go out to Steven in Glacelle Park. You're on Dodger Talk. What's up, Steven? Hey, David. I've been wanting to call to ask this question for maybe around two weeks now. And I'm 63 years a Dodger fan and observer. Uh, 
Trace Thompson, Cody Bellinger, and Mookie Betts outfield, in my opinion, is the best defensive outfield in the major leagues. My question is, do the Dodgers have Trace Thompson really branded in their minds as a utility player? Or if Trace Thompson, in his mind, is trying to prove that he's got starter skills, does he have any opportunity uh, to do that? Or are the Dodgers going to have to – is he going to have to move on if he's got those kinds of skills? Well, number one, the Dodgers are the team that has given him both of his major league opportunities back in 2016 and now again in 2022. So he wants to stay a Dodger – the Dodgers obviously like Trace Thompson, and he's hitting right-handers, so if he can just go back to hitting lefties, all of a sudden you do have an everyday player, but he's got to go back to hitting lefties. But as far as the postseason goes, Steven, he's a platoon player, as is Cody Bellinger, and I agree with you. When it's Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and Trace Thompson, it's a really good defensive outfield, but I would give the nod to a Joey Gallo, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, outfield as the best defensive outfield alignment in major league baseball all three of those guys have gold gloves trace does not but he's a really good outfielder yeah yeah okay thanks all right no problem 866-987-2570 trace thompson had two hits tonight getting the start against the right-hander taiwan walker chris taylor who usually starts in these type of games did not play and look chris taylor has struggled all season long he has 140 strikeouts and only eight home runs. He's a really good player, has been a big part of past Dodger postseason runs. The Dodgers rewarded him with a big contract during the offseason. It just hasn't gone his way from the very beginning of spring training. Coming off that uh, elbow surgery where he cleaned up uh, some elbow debris, it hasn't gone his way. And unless he starts to get it on track, I firmly believe that you have to go with the hot Trace Thompson against righties and certainly against lefties instead of Chris Taylor. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Orange County. Eric, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Eric. Hey, David. Um, I was just wondering, so so going into these last few playoffs, it seems like teams with workhorses at the top of their staff, like the Max Freeds, the Scherzers, the DeGroms, are really capitalizing, and, and it looks like this year with the Dodgers, it's going to be Urias. I, I think my first question is, do, do you have the faith in him? Like He's somebody like fringe top ten for me, um, but it showed he can execute in the playoffs. And then um, who do you think the number two and number three are? Because I think there's three or four guys that could honestly plug into that spot. Yeah, for me, it's Clayton Kershaw, right? Clayton Kershaw's the veteran. He's been there before. He knows how to slow his breath down. I would say Dustin May is in that mix as well, Eric. And if Tony Gonsolin can bounce back like he said he will, those would be my first three. Urias, Dustin May, Kershaw, and then Gonsolin. And Tyler Anderson certainly has a spot to piggyback uh, probably Dustin May, who empties the emotional tank pretty quickly in the postseason. Yeah, and I think I have questions across the board on all three, so it'll be interesting to see what Dave does. But thanks for taking my call. No problem, Eric. And, yeah, look, it's not the Kershaw, Granky, Ryu of years past. It's not it's not Kershaw, Bueller of years past. It It's a good starting staff for the regular season, 
And these guys like Gonsolin and Anderson and Dustin May are going to have to show that they can do it in October because that's a completely different animal. And Dustin May is an emotional pitcher. He seems to be able to pitch with that emotion. But in October, it's always more of a a situation where you're emptying the tank a little bit more emotionally early on. So I'm curious to see how he handles that. And on the pregame show today, we had Jerry Harrison join us. And Jerry was part of that 2013 Dodgers team that had Kershaw in his prime, Granke in his prime, and Hunjin Ryu, who just came over from Korea and was mowing down the league. And I asked him, over the course of this Dodgers sustained success, is that the best trio of starting pitchers the Dodgers have had? Clayton Kershaw has had a lot of different Robins during his time with the Dodgers as far as rotation mates go. Do you feel like Zach Granke and Clayton Kershaw have been the best one-two punch at the top of any Dodger rotation the last 11 years? And if you want to go a trio of Kershaw, Granke, and Ryu, is that the best we've seen from the Dodgers? I would say so, uh, especially given Clayton Kershaw was in his prime, Zach Greinke was in his prime, and the league really didn't really didn't know Hunjin Ryu. You know, I, I think about 2013 an awful lot, David. You know, it's the times that we had and the opportunity that, you know, we just didn't capture. I really believe that team should have went on to the World Series, and if we did, I think we would have won it. But, you know, the Cardinals, they played incredible baseball. You tipped their hat uh, and beat us, but you know, that rotation was elite. Now, that being said, this year's rotation, when healthy, can be just as good, if not better, and, and I think maybe deeper. You know, you have a healthy Andrew Heaney. T.A. has done an incredible job. You know, Julio Rios is an absolute beast. You throw in Clayton Kershaw in the mix, and then Tony Gosselin, who has a chance to win the Cy Young, they have a chance to be that uh, even a better rotation than the 13 team. Yeah, so I understand what Jerry was saying, and look, the depth of this rotation is maybe the deepest the Dodgers have had, but in the playoffs, you don't need a deep rotation. You need uh, a big one-two punch, and I will say this. The schedule in the postseason does favor a team that has depth in their pitching rotation and on their pitching staff because there are not too many days off. So in years past, you might benefit from having a day or two extra during a round of playoffs to get your best pitcher, your number one or your number two, on the mound three different times. That's not going to work this time because of the condensed schedule due to the lockout. There's only one day off in each round of the postseason, at least in the first two. So that's going to benefit the Dodgers like it did in 2020 when the Braves ran out of pitching after being up three games to one, and the Dodgers had a lot left, and that's the reason why they came back and won that NLCS in seven games. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers beat the Mets tonight 4-3 to at City Field to win their 90th game of the season. Uh, the Dodgers uh, were fortunate to get the performances they did out of two uh, journeyman relievers that – uh, had fresh arms at Oklahoma City. Heath Hembry gets the win. Jake Reed with the save. Let's go out to L.A. Kevin, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Kevin. Hi, David. Hope your wrist and ribs are doing well. Much better. Thank um, you, Kevin. Glad to hear that. Um, so my question is, it's being reported that Miguel Vargas is being called up 
to the taxi squad and will be activated when rosters expand. Yeah. What do you think the plan is with, um, you know, Edwin Rios and James Altman, who are, it looks like, are going to be in AAA to start September? Yeah, Kevin, doesn't that speak volumes that it's Miguel Vargas and not Edwin Rios that is being called up? I think that says a lot, and it goes back to what I've been telling you the last uh, week or so, that if you had to ask me who's on the bubble for the postseason roster, it's Anser Alberto. And I feel like a guy like Miguel Vargas, if the Dodgers are playing a team that has a lot of lefties on their staff, that Miguel Vargas may take the last spot on the roster and Alberto may be on the outside looking in because he really hasn't had an impact on the field as far as offense goes. And I'm telling you, I was up close to the batting cage in San Francisco. The sound of the bat from Miguel Vargas is a different sound. And he's a kid that has a lot of confidence. And I would have faith that he would allow he wouldn't allow October to be too big for him. Yeah, I mean, if he has a, a Corey Seager-esque like, call-up, I can definitely see him taking a, a roster spot in the postseason. And hopefully, if he does, that means you know we get good production from the third base side, which has been a little rough this year. But It hasn't has been, been that rough. Kevin, it hasn't been that rough. Justin Turner's had a good year. Muncy's starting to come out of his season-long slump. The Dodgers want to get Turner and Muncie off their feet, so Vargas will probably see uh, more time at third base than what he saw the first time up here. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for taking my question, Dave. No problem, Kevin. Not only is Miguel Vargas going to be added to the roster on September 1st when it expands to 28, but Clayton Kershaw also will be added to the expanded roster. No corresponding move needed on Thursday. That's when Kershaw will make his return to the, from the injured list and start the finale of this three-game series against the Mets. And if you were listening yesterday or podcasted the show, you heard me say Kershaw throwing a bullpen session yesterday meant for sure he was going to pitch on Thursday, and Dave Roberts made that official earlier today. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Simi Valley. Dirk, you're on Dodger Talk. How you doing, Dirk? Good, good. Uh, First-time caller, uh, five and a half decades of Dodgers. and Wow. This team is, un- this team is unbelievable. And uh, I'm excited, like you were saying, about these young guys. Vargas, Outland, hit that walk-off the other night. Uh, I mean, exciting. But uh, as great as all, we're, we're from top to bottom, unbelievable. And, you know, we have superstars. We have all-stars. Um, but what I want to talk about, I mean, just one guy. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody's awesome, but I just want to talk about one guy that I feel like isn't getting enough run. And uh, that's been the bullpen. Uh, one, two, three, EP. I mean, <laughs> 35 outings, giving up one run. His last 35 outings, it's, it's, it's just off the chart, and his stuff just looks unbelievable. Yeah, he's been amazing, and he's so under the radar, so unassuming that the way he's pitched, you just take it for granted, but you're 100% right. He's the most valuable reliever in that Dodger bullpen. He has taken over the Daniel Hudson role and the Blake Trinan role. I feel like we have forgotten about Daniel Hudson and how vital he was supposed to be to the bullpen. So not only have the Dodgers been able to have baseball's best record without Blake Trinan, but now without Daniel Hudson, a big reason why is because of Evan Phillips. I, I agree. I agree. And I was just wondering, is, is, is I mean, 
he's coming in the ninth inning before. Is he at all being considered? To, yeah, to he's being considered. Yeah, mean, he's being considered. But, you know, when you say close, maybe the toughest part of the lineup and maybe the game is in the seventh inning or the eighth inning, and that's when they need Evan Phillips. And the ninth inning could be an inning where you do bring in a pitcher like Jake Reed against the bottom of the Mets order. So when you say save, like I said, the middle innings are where a lot of playoff games are decided. It's not the ninth inning always. No, no, absolutely right. And and I have noticed that that they have brought him in even the other day, you know, to, to the number two, three, four hitter. You know, in the, with the Marlins, and that's what and it's about. In the it's not about the yeah. innings; it's about the hitters. Right, you're you're right, you're right. I was just I was just wondering. I, he he he's just been unbelievable. I thought I what you know what my eyes see, uh, is, is you know that that slider and that fastball is just filthy. So, and and Chris Martin too. Oh my goodness! I hope his arm gets better because he really looks good too. Yeah, no doubt, Dirk. Both those guys are going to be vital parts of the Dodger bullpen as we get closer to October. We're going to take a timeout here on Dodger Talk. We have two lines open at 866-987-2570. When we return, we're going to check in with Jose Moda, who is live in New York after the Dodgers take game one of this three-game series, 4-3 to three over the Mets on the Los Angeles Dodgers Audio Network. Dodger Talk is available on am570lasports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger insider David Bassey. Payoff pitch. And this ball is hit in the center field. A base hit for Lux on a 3-2 pitch. He reached for it, knocks it into center. Freeman scores, and the Dodgers lead it 4-3. That was the difference in the game tonight. Gavin Lux coming up with a big two-out RBI base hit in the seventh inning off a left-handed reliever. Jolie Rodriguez and the Dodgers win their 90th game of the season with a 4-3 to victory over the Mets at City Field. This is Dodger Talk. David Vasse with you until the top of the hour. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Daniels Jewelers, home run forecast, wants to congratulate Jewelers Julian Martinez of Redondo Beach. Julian receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for playing the game. And if you want to play and get a $50 gift card, all you have to do is go to am570lasports.com and type in the keyword home run. Let's head out right now to the Big Apple. It's time to go around the horn with Jose Moda. Jose Moda is live in New York. He was on the call with Tim Nevert right here on Dodgers Radio and 570 LA Sports and also for a couple of innings on the Dodgers Spanish broadcast with the great Pepe and Ninguez. So certainly a utility role for you tonight, Jose. It was great, man. I'll tell you what, every time I get an opportunity to do this and to help somebody out, why not? But um, it always takes somebody with open minds and that's a Dodger saying, hey, um, how about, you know, since we have a situation here where Rick filling out on TV, we start you off in, uh, with Tim and uh, go help Pepe out. Pepe's had a couple of extra inning games in Miami, and as we know, uh, he's a warrior, goes after it. But uh, it, w- it was fun to do and be able to communicate with both audiences here tonight. And I'm sure it was great to be in the atmosphere at City Field compared to what you saw in those four games in Miami. Oh, it was marvelous. Uh, you know, at some point, you, you go – 
players dig on this, okay? And even though the Dodgers don't have a lot of young players, I mean, they have a, a roster full of experienced players that have lived, you know, playoff atmosphere before. It's always good to get a taste of it or what, what it's going to be like uh, to play into this environment. And um, I, I actually saw more, like, anticipation and, and – um, Almost like inquiry from the Mets fans going, what you know, who are the Dodgers? What are they going to show? How do we match up against them? Uh, it was actually kind of quiet there for most of the game until the very end. Uh, but I think the Dodgers came here tonight and showed who they are. They battled through. They're able to come back once again. And um, you have a team here that uh, really feeds off any type of environment. And, and it's just the p- type of professionals that the Mets fans wanted to see, the media in New York wanted to see. And they saw this play here tonight. And that's how this team battles time after time, in after inning. Jose, in the bottom of the first inning, I thought the game could have really gotten away from Andrew Heaney when Starling Marte bunted and Heaney made that bad play trying to backflip to Freddie Freeman and Brandon Nimmo scored all the way from first base. Uh, I thought that really could have made the outing go sideways for him, but it was nice to see him get back his composure and still execute his pitches. You are on point, Dave, because as we know very well, I mean, it was an ill-advised play. It's a play that um, he knows next time he's just going to let the ball roll. If it rolls fair, you know what? Tip your hat. But anyways, what what when you have the strikeout in your arsenal, okay, we have that as a weapon. You know that you can get out of any situation. And for Andrew Heaney today is not being too fine, attacking the zone as he has done pretty much all throughout the season. So he goes after Alonzo goes after Ruff, who actually got acquired by the Mets because of the left-handed issue they've been having, and he has not been the same since the Dodgers saw him and heard the Dodgers a couple of times. But, yeah, in the first inning, a big difference maker. Also in the first inning, don't forget about Austin Barnes gunning down Francisco Lindor on one of the most confusing plays I've ever seen and just playing the game right in communication and being able to execute. So a few things went right, including the defensive play by Austin Barnes. Jose Moda is joining us live from New York after the Dodgers beat the Mets tonight 4-3 to for their 90th victory of the season. Gavin Lux and Evan Phillips, Jose, uh, they may not be uh, – They, I feel like they're going overlooked in tonight's game. Uh, I know a lot of celebration over Jake Reed and just the whole hype between these two teams, but Evan Phillips has been the best reliever for the Dodgers all season long, and Gavin Lux, under the radar – has come up with a lot of big hits, not only just turning the lineup over. Hey, Jake Reed deserves it. Obviously, there's a lot of emotions. A lot of things have happened to him here on this baseball field and under the circumstances with both teams. But um, Dave, uh, Gavin Lux continues to be a force. This guy's a force in that Dodgers lineup. And early in the season, he's batting ninth. He becomes the best number nine hitter in baseball. All of a sudden, it's almost like, how do I make sure that I can use more of him there's a lot of swing and missing in the middle of the lineup, and guys like Muncy weren't swinging the bat well, Chris Taylor not swinging the bat well. And Gavin likes us just not giving enough credit on one thing too, Dave. He is a very smart hitter. And, you know, the baseball IQ that he has when it comes down to making adjustments and what to look for in some pitch sequences and where he's being tunneled in terms of pitches and how he battles, it's, it's very good because for a young player that at times might have been concerned with driving the baseball the slugging, He's not afraid to go out there and take a two-strike approach early in account, knowing that certain situations call for that pitcher to make his best pitch, not when he has two strikes, but earlier than that to get you in a hole. And he puts the ball in play, lefties or righties, it doesn't matter. He should be a force with his ball club for the rest of the season and the playoffs. And I'm glad to see him grow as he has. 
And Evan Phillips, my goodness. I mean, I had a long conversation with him in, in Miami. And I'm like, you know, what? why is it that seems like you guys – I mean, he got let go by Baltimore. He got let go, obviously, by Tampa Bay. Great pickup on, on the waiver wire. And I'm like, communication between you and Mike Pryor and, and Connor McGinnis, he goes, they speak to us in a way which you understand. And he doesn't speak to me the way he would speak to a Heaney or obviously to a Kimbra. But it's remarkable how guys adapt, how he's been able to not only use that cutter and the slider, day, but his two-seam fastball is one that Mark Hamilton had no idea what to do with. And it's fun to watch how he is not altered or rattled by any type of situation and gets the job done, filling the zone with a lot of strikes again tonight. No doubt. His demeanor on and off the field always remains the same. Very even-keeled guy, and that's the reason or part of the reason why he has been so successful with the Dodgers. Now, Jose, before I let you go, when I looked at this series, you understand I don't get too emotional. You know I'm not an emotional guy, right? Oh, you're not. You're, not at all. No, no. <laughs> but I, were, I, uh... <laughs> I did circle the second game of this series because Jacob deGrom hmm. is going to face the Dodgers. What can we take away from what we see tomorrow night? DeGrom versus the Dodgers. Oh, the quality at bats. I mean, you know you're going to have a battle in the batter's box. You know this guy is one of the best premier pitcher. Velocity, late break, the punch out, and the ability to make you look bad. So how do you counteract that? Well, one of the things that you do is, you know, if you're going to hit a ball, if you happen to run into a ball to hit it out of the ballpark, you don't need to over-generate, over-manufacture. you got to go out there with the shortest of strokes, make sure that you're aggressive because he is going to be throwing strikes, and he's going to give you a pitch or two to hit. In other words, don't miss it because we know what happens when he gets ahead. Um, but at the same time, I do admire how the Dodgers have handled guys like Corbin Burns, like Sandy Alcantara. Obviously, they know what to do with a Taiwan Walker adjust when they need to. And I think confidence-wise, they're at a point now where they know with the little game, putting the ball in play like Freddie Freeman yesterday, like Max Muncy today, moving that guy over from second to third. Those are the battles you need to win in order to beat the good guys. And certainly, the guy on the mound tomorrow, Tyler Anderson, needs to give you a chance by keeping the struggling Mets offensively they haven't been very good lately, you know, down but, uh, Jose, the minimum. Jose, what about – what about what we see, good or bad, against the Grom? What are the takeaways when, when, and if they see him again in October? Is, is there anything that we should read into, either way, the way it goes tomorrow night against the Grom? No, not at all, not at all. Uh, if he goes out there and gives up five, don't expect to score five in the playoffs. I mean, if if, if he shuts you down, well, there's some things you can learn to apply and to know why he didn't succeed. But Dave, the best thing is. Let's find out tomorrow how it all goes because certainly uh, I know that he's looking forward to the matchup against a very, very deep lineup. Deepest lineup DeGrom will face this season. Hey, DeGrom faced the Dodgers in the 15 playoffs, so it's not the first time they would ever see him in the playoffs. Jose, get some rest. I know you were with the team late get into the hotel this morning in New York and a long day, so way to push through like the team. My friend, they had the toughest job in playing baseball. I just happened to Call the game and have a good time doing it. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Jose Moda, who was live in New York with the Dodgers after they beat the Mets tonight 4-3 to to get their 90th win of the season. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We have time for a few more calls before we say goodnight. Let's go out to Mission Viejo. Bill, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Bill. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I know what you mean about conserving uh, – 
pitching, uh, you know, down the stretch real quickly here because uh, last year with uh, Bueller and Scherzer and Urias, uh, two of those three, there were problems, and then they ran out of gas in this sequence of how they were used. That will not happen this year, apparently, because there's a, a wiser path being taken. And I had one question for you. How do they determine the velocity of the ball going off the bat? Where is that, that measure? I know about the speed guns and everything, but where, where does that come from? Oh, well, Major League Baseball put in the technology in every stadium to be able to uh, to supply their website, Baseball Savant, with all that information. So the technology has been put in in every Major League stadium by Major League Baseball. That's amazing. And then what about the sleeves some of the players wear when they get to first base? Is that just an arm protector? Uh, the sleeves that they're wearing, it's uh, to protect their hands when they're going in to slide into second base. It keeps their thumb protected in case they try, uh, when they go ahead first, sometimes players have jammed their thumbs or sprained ligaments in their thumbs when they slide. So it's a thumb protector. Yeah, it's like a Mike, a Mike Trout protector. That was the most famous jam, uh, jam thumb in, injury. It t- took him about like 10 weeks to get back. That's right. And my guy, Dr. Shin. Fixed his thumb. He's the best from Curl and Job. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go out to Van Eyes. Ryan, you're on Dodger Talk. How you doing, Ryan? Good, David. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Perfect. Go ahead. Um, first of all, I want to say I love your show, and I'm glad your wrist and ribs are healing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Ryan. Maybe I'll see you at Pineapple Hill one of these days. Uh, whoa! Do you how do you, do I have I met you before? No, I go there once in a while during football season. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, two quick questions. Um, first one, I don't, I haven't heard anyone ask, but your most unpredictable interview you've given someone, where you're kind of nervous for the player's response. Wait, say that again. Your most unpredictable interview you've had with a player. Wow. Uh, where you weren't so sure of how they were going to respond to it, and the other one is. How does Bernie Brewer go down that side? I have to. How does Bernie Brewer go down that side all the time and not get hurt? <laughs> He's got a lot more padding than I do, and he he knows the technique. Nobody even told me the technique. He he doesn't use a potato sack either, I bet, right? I don't know. I don't know if he's using the potato sack or not. He might be, but we don't see it underneath his big mascot uniform. He gave me an instructional, instructional manual the day after, so... Uh, I don't know. I think the slide is uh, is going. We'll call it a tie on the slide. How about that, Ryan? I want you. I want you to redeem yourself, though, and do it uh, next time we play the Brewers. But uh, I, I'm very I, comfortable I really, knowing the slide one, Ryan. It's okay. I read the article, but who is the player that you were so kind of like tentative to interview? Can you say that? Uh, well, I don't know. I had to think about it. I, I have to think about that, Ryan. It's probably a guy from another team because. I'm so comfortable with the guys on the Dodgers, and it would have to probably go back to, you know, well, you know what? I'll tell you who it is, Ryan. Vince Scully. When I had to interview, not unpredictable, but the butterflies in my stomach were going haywire the first time I interviewed Vince Scully. Uh, When I was sitting across from Bob Euchre a few years ago, I had a lot of butterflies. Whenever I interview Magic Johnson, he was my favorite athlete growing up, butterflies. You know, I still have to control those butterflies around Oral Hershiser. 
Well, I, I bet, dude. I'm getting too excited. I, I was lucky enough to uh, get a, a photo with Rick Monday when he was leaving the, the clubhouse level after a game. And God bless him. Like, I was persistent. I'm like, uh, Rick, Rick. And he actually <laughs> stopped. He and he said, do you mind if I finish this text real quick? And then I'll take pictures of you. I'm like, of course, of course, of course, Rick. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah maybe try Mr. Monday next time, Ryan. That's what I was always taught to get a good response. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. What a question. Most unpredictable response. I mean, I did interview Yasiel Puig in a lot of different situations. You never knew what you were going to get from him. Uh, but I guess that's the only wild card that I've interviewed before. Let's go out to Rancho Cucamonga. Richard, walk us off on Dodger Talk tonight. Yeah, first-time caller. First-time caller. Long-time listener. I've uh, been a Dodger fan since uh, they were in Brooklyn. Hey! And I'm wondering about wondering about Chris Taylor. Uh, he strikes out almost every time he gets up to bat, and his uh, defense on the infield hasn't been that good lately. Is there a chance he might not make the – playoffs or no. be in the rotation for the playoffs no chance about it Richard he'll be on that postseason roster he's a playoff performer and before it's all said and done Chris Taylor in my opinion will come up with a big hit or a big play I know he's not playing the best right now not swinging the bat the best and that's why I feel like Trace Thompson has deserved a lot more playing time in left field or the outfield in place of Taylor and that's why he was out there tonight so Thank you for the phone call. Love hearing from an original Brooklyn Dodger fan. You don't hear from them too more, too often these days, so great to hear from a Brooklyn Dodger fan. That'll do it for us tonight on Dodger Talk. Coming up tomorrow, the game that I want to see in this series, Jacob DeGrom against the best lineup in baseball. DeGrom going up against Tyler Anderson. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck begins at 3 o'clock with first pitch at 410. Thanks to Colin Yee here at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Dwayne McDonald at City Field in New York. And thanks to you for listening and to everybody that called in tonight. A good group of callers tonight. Give yourself an applause. In case you missed any of the show, you can find it on the iHeartRadio app. Once again, the final score tonight at City Field. The Dodgers defeat the Mets 4-3. Coming up next, a little of Jason Smith, followed by Ben Maller on Fox Sports Radio. Have a great rest of your night. See ya.